All right, if you have your Bibles, turn over to Romans chapter 15. We started this called God uh, for us, and when we're taking through some kingdom positions, we ministered on God for us, God with us, God in us last week with our big one service, and now today we go back to two services, and we're doing God through us. And I'm really excited about today because this is really where God wants us to be. You understand, when we first ministered on God for us, what we realized is that God was for humanity, that God is for us, but there are things that he had to put in play in order for him to maintain his for position. God was for so much that when we were against him, that he sent Jesus. Are you with me? That when we were against him, because no man goes after God, no, not one, God was for us, but in order for us to get in his house, he has to come himself, redeem humanity, be the uh, sacrifice for the world and their sin in order for us to have relationship with him. He cannot be for us if we do not get in his house. Are you with me? He was for us before we got in the house to make a way for us to get into his house. But once he's made a way to get into the house, in order for him to be with you always or for you always, then you need to come home and get in the house. Are you with me? You must be born again. If you're not born again, then you are against God, though he has provided for you, uh, for you a way to get out of that position. Are you with me? Well, God's just against me. No, you're against God. He's for you, but he won't force his for on you. You have to choose to receive him. Are you with me? God, even though he's paid the price for all humanity to be made righteous in Christ, every one of us have to come to a heart decision, not a mouth decision, but a heart decision that Jesus Christ literally came, he died on the cross, on the third day was raised up from the grave by the power of the Holy Ghost. We know that he's the only way that we can have a relationship with the Father God, and he's the only God, and he's the only true God. And by confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior with our mouth, and believing that took place with all of our heart, the Bible says we will be saved. In essence, we will be born from above. We become a new creature in Christ Jesus. That's the only way that we can be right with God. Jesus made it very simple. He didn't want it confusing. He says, I am the way, the truth, the life. There is no other way. See, a lot of people say, well, that's narrow-minded. No, it's a good, clear, straight path. It's not confusing now. There's not all this guesswork. Jesus came down and said, all the other stuff's bunk. I'm the only way. Yeah. Amen. And he is because he's God in the flesh. <clears throat> Amen. He's God in the flesh. So he's for us. Then we went in and said, God's with us. Meaning, God is with us. He is right by our side. He's always, but you understand, we've got to stay with him. Yeah. This is two-side relationship. It's amazing how people want to make a one-dimensional relationship with, with Jesus. He's done everything. We can't do anything. We can and we must. Yes. Jesus did everything to save us, but we must accept it. That's our part. There's no part of the relationship that's one-sided alone. Ever. 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 Okay? He was for us. We were against him. But when we recognized Jesus came, then we got in a relationship with him that made him us for him. 
because we're for God. Then he's with us, which means he's, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. But you understand, we can walk away from him. We can go down paths he didn't ordain. We can go in directions he didn't ask us to. We know this is truth because Paul had challenges himself, you know, where he wanted to go to a particular area and God said, don't go there. Well, I wanted to come to you, but the Lord hindered me in the spirit, which means the Lord's saying, don't do it. Jesus himself says, went to certain, wanted to go certain places or had, he said, the father's told me to go to the Jews. I don't even deal with the Gentiles. That's a later work. Now, that doesn't mean that he didn't minister to them. Doesn't mean that some got in on some things because of faith. He couldn't deny their faith. But ultimately, he was for the Jews at that time. Are you with me? Okay, so if he had tried to go a different path, is there got to be another way, God? Is there, if there's, he's in the garden. If there's any other way, not my will but your, because he's looking for another path. But I can't go a different path. I love what Moses said. Lord, if you don't go with us, then, then we ain't going nowhere. So he's a lamp into our feet, a light into our path, but we can take a different path. So God's always with us if we'll walk with him. But if we walk away from him, that's not his problem. It's ours. And he'll stay on his path and say, hey, come back over here. I said, come back over. All right. So last week we talked about God in us, which was awesome. God actually lives in us. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. We've been made anew. And we should reflect God because God's in us. As John the Baptist, one of my favorite verses, says this, I must decrease and he must increase. Ultimately, and we had a little, you know, prop because we had a lot of kids in here. But honestly, I need to do it to adults too. Um, but we, we, I took time to um, freeze a strawberry that it was clear. And what you saw once you got up to it, was that there's a strawberry. You just disregarded the frozen water and went to the optic on the inside. And that's how our lives should be, that people should be so in awe that you are so different that they have to ask the question, what's going on? Because God is being seen in you so much so that they're having to ask the question, which brings us to this week, God through us. See, God was for us so he could get with us because he would be in us so that he can do the greatest thing ever, and that would be God through us. Because if this thing's just about being born again, then we might as well go to heaven now. But God's assignment for us is bigger. It's God through us. This position is huge. Look at what it says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. This is out of the New Living Translation. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. The word through means this, into one side and out the other. Into one side and out the other. Into one side and out the other. The best way I could describe this, and maybe I should have brought this prop in for you. It's not like I don't have plenty of them. But it's a water hose. A water hose is hooked to a source. Are you with me? A water hose is hooked to a source. The water hose alone is nothing. Its purpose is to be connected to a source. If it's connected to the source and the source is not opened, then it's the same as if it's not connected. Are you with me? 
a water hose not doing its purpose is no, is no different than it not being connected. Once it's connected, it's got to allow the source to flow what it has through. Jesus is the source, and when he begins to speak, it begins to flow by the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Talks about rivers of living water. So in essence, Jesus Christ speaks from his heavenly realm and through the Holy Ghost in us, it comes through us. So he's in us and it's in the water hose till it gets to the other end. And the goal is, is that it would be released. It would be what? Released. Are you with me? But what's happening is, is too many believers are stopping in the king, kingdom position of God in us and never going to God through us. They want God for them because they really don't want to go to hell. They want God with them because they don't want to go by themselves. But a lot of times they want God to go with them, not them go with God. Are you with me? And when we start to try to get God to go with us instead of us going with him, then we'll want God in us just so he'll be with us in us so that we feel refreshed and cool and we stop up the other end. Right? I happen to have one of those spray nozzles. Don't know what I'm talking about? The spray nozzle's on the end of the water hose, which means now it captures the water inside so it's left the source, it's flowed in me, but it's not yet been released. But the nozzle that's even on it, the spray nozzle, is designed just for that. It's called a spray nozzle. The goal is, is that it would spray what's in the container. Amen. God caused us to be alive unto God for one reason, to distribute. <clears throat> To distribute. And what I love about the water hose example is that I get filled and can stay full. As long as the source is opened, then it will just keep me full, so full that I overflow. What did, what did the psalmist say, David? He said, my cup, which means then not only does the cup have all that it needs, but it has so much that it can't contain itself, so it has to spill over. And if you're around that cup, you can catch what's in the cup. I said you can catch what's in the cup. Are you with me? <laughs> the word through, into one side and out the other. So the opposite of that would be, would be to be stuck or not go through or to stay or remain. That's the problem. If we don't watch out, we just come, we won't absorb but then we won't go. And here's the problem. If I turn on the source, water goes in it, and, 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 and you know the elements of life will come, even what's in us will begin to evaporate. Now, again, the source can keep filling. The source can keep filling. But again, you'll live, will you live your whole life where all you're doing is going through and just trying to deal with you and you never, and your whole environment around you dies? You're not going to get a well done because remember, if you weren't here Wednesday, you need, I mean, I need to preach it again, be honest with you. I don't, I'm, maybe I'll just preach it every Wednesday night that I preach because, you know, we cycle so many people through the services. So it's, it's, you know, I wish I could just say it once and everybody would have been here to capture it. 
But on Wednesday night, we talked about God is not coming back for plants. God wants the fruit. And fruit is enough for you to eat, give away, and have seed for the next harvest. No farmer is excited that his seed turned into a plant that never produced. Never. And the initial change for us, once the seed of the word enters us and we accept it and we die to ourselves, we break that hard shell off that seed, a plant shows up. That's different than the seed. That's what new birth is, a plant. But the plant is designed to bear fruit. So God doesn't want to come back and grab a water hose that never released what was in it. He wants to flow through us so that we can water the dead world around us. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? So in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 3 through 6, it says this, Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. Isn't that powerful statement? Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. That shows this dual relationship. You know, please do not buy the lie just because you could not get in a right relationship without Jesus doesn't mean that now that you're connected to Jesus, he is always going to allow you to run anywhere you want to and act like it's no big deal. If sin was a big deal, it required him to be here, then sin's a big deal after you're in a relationship. Now, let's think about this. The Bible talks about um, God in the Old Covenant dealt with his nation. He says, you are an adulterous generation, which literally means this, because it isn't like they were all, you know, cheating on their spouses. What he's saying is, you are serving other gods. And they did this because they were, you know, not born again. I understand that. Though they had the law, they had the ability to live righteous according to the law, but in love themselves. And understand this, there was a righteousness to live under the law that got you into Abraham's bosom. You need to get that. So there was a dispensation that that way of living was necessary because Jesus ain't going to lead captivity captive if nobody can be in there. Are you with me? So Lazarus, you know, is there in Abraham's bosom and the rich guy's down in Hades and looking up and say, I'm in torment. Allow Lazarus to come down and, and put his finger in some water and dip it on my tongue. You say, I can't do it. Well, how did people get in Abraham's bosom called paradise, which Jesus called paradise himself? He said, today, you'll be with me where? Notice he didn't say, you'll be with me in the grave. He didn't say, or you'll be with me in hell. He said, you'll be with me in paradise. I'm going to conquer death, hell, and the grave. And I'm going to lead captivity captive. Abraham, David, all those that have gone before and died in righteousness, I'm going to redeem. They've been waiting for this blood to show up. Amen. But if he takes this type and shadow and says, you can't be running away from me to stay in relationship, why do we think that it becomes acceptable once we're in covenant? Amen. I said, amen. I mean, you would, if you knew that your spouse used to fornicate, once you get in covenant, is it okay for them to continue to fornicate? Well, we're in covenant. It's all right. It, I, love covers a multitude of sin. Are you with me? 
No, we expect the relationship become oneness or in unity. Now, is there forgiveness for mistakes? Yes. But we are to live that way. So make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one, what? Glorious hope for the future. Verse 4, for there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope. Oh, sorry. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Verse 6, one God and Father who is over all and in all and living what? Through all. Again, he wants to live through us. He wants to get in this vessel in order to get out of this vessel. He wants to be in this vessel in order to come out of this vessel. We are the temple. And again, all you got to do, the Old Testament told us, the writers, Paul lets us know that they were examples for us. They are examples for us. We can learn from them. They are types and shadows. So you understand this. If the Spirit of God went into the holies of holy, that no one could go in but the high priest, and he better be righteous. Because if he wasn't righteous, God would know. And let me tell you something. God knew that some would get in there. We don't have any recorded accounts of it. But you understand, it must have taken place because they had to sew bells on the bottom of their little hem of their garment because if they went into the holies of holy and they themselves were not holy, they would drop dead and they would drag them out. The bells quit ringing. Something's gone wrong. Are you with me? And we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Jesus' sacrifice is not a sin cover-up. It is an eradication of the nature of sin, the desire to sin. He has redeemed us from the law of sin and death and given us the law of the spirit of, spirit of life. He wants to live through us. He's changed us. Now we're like, man, I'm walking with God. I'm with God. He's for me. I'm with him. He's in me. And now he's going to operate through me because my whole life submitted to him. Oh, talk to me, Lord. What do you need me to do today? How do you need me to respond? What do I need to act? What do I need to change? How do I need to change that thought? How do I take captive that thought? Amen. We can live in pure godliness because he wants to live through us. He wants the world to see that's how you respond. Just like when I was uh, over at 312 and that inspector came in to shut us down from being in that location. And I said, well, okay. He said, you can't be here. You know, y'all aren't allowed. All right. I said, well, can you give me, you know, a contact in the county that I can have? And these were the words that came out of his mouth. You sure are taking this well. Well, I can take it well because I've already gotten a word from God. We need to be in this location. And I know the enemy doesn't want me to advance, period. So he'll throw stuff. That's fine. But you know what? I'm not ignorant of trials and tribulations. In this life, you'll have them. So when they come, I just need to be happy. That's the requirement. Have good cheer. So I can talk with good cheer. Okay, so who do I need to talk to? And well, I'll try to resolve this issue. There's got to be a resolution because God said to come. So somebody's missing it somewhere, and God just needs to touch somebody, which God touched somebody, and we never left. But his response, you sure are taking it well. I said, look, you are doing your job. I commended him for his job. You're just doing what you were asked to do. 
Because my battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. No big deal. I can smile. No problem at all. Thank you for doing your job. I will work from there. Guys, y'all stop. You've told us to stop. We're going to stop. Then I started asking permission because he's the one in authority. The whole church will be here Sunday. I can't really get in touch with them. Will it be okay for me still to assemble here, even though you say we can't? He said, you know what? It'd be all right. See, when you get permission from the one in authority, when it begins, then you are, and he's blown away. Instead of me being mad and stuck in a parking lot, I can be glad, hear God, begin to make requests, and God begin to open things up, which he did. So I live God, God lived through me in that moment where the anger of man, be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the, the uh, wrath of man does not bring the righteousness of God. And he said, man, I, he goes, I've been around a lot of pastors when I've had news like this, and they've not responded like you. Which tells me this, they like God in them, but they weren't letting God out of them. Conflict comes. Just go look at your name and say, conflict's going to come. But let God work through you. It's going to be all right. I said, it's going to be all right. Matthew chapter 20, verse, uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 20 says it this way. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking. How? Through you. God wants to speak through us so bad, guys. He really wants to speak. And how does he do it? Well, Galatians 5, uh, 6 lets us know how God speaks through us. It's through our faith. He says, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but faith working how? Through love. What love? That's, the God, that's God's love because God is love. So faith works how? Through love. How, do, how does God work through us? By our faith. It's us believing God at his word, and because God loves us so much and we love him, he causes it to come to pass. Back in January the 22nd, 2017, a prophecy came to our church. And we're going to play that prophecy here in just a moment to remind you, then I'm going to go through it. Because I want you to key in on as we play it, and then we'll show it to you again. But I want you to listen for the word through. I want you to listen for the word through. I want us to recognize that I've been pastoring here for 13 years now. And the Bible, according to a Corinthian letter, when Paul said, I cannot speak to you as spiritual people, but as babes in Christ. Which gives us this indication when you study that out, that a person can grow up spiritually between four to seven years. We've been here 13 years now, which tells me I have a cycle going on. Are you with me? What that means is, is when we first showed up, we started preaching the word. Now, depending on where these people were when they first came in, would determine where they're at in a cycle. Some maybe needed some more things to learn. It could be in a place of maturity within a couple years because they had about two years of training to get them to a place. We'll never get to maturity outside of conflict. Won't happen. It's just not going to happen. Because there's going to be conflict in your life where you have to believe the word that's contrary to your conflict. And that's where you begin to grow up. But you'll never get free of conflict as long as you're in the world. Because the world hates us. In fact, the more we are victorious, the more the world system and the more the enemy himself wants to begin to take you out. But be good cheer. Every time you win, the stronger you are each time. 
because we go from faith to faith, glory to glory. So there's a group that's in a second wave. Meaning somewhere between four and seven years, you showed up. And you began to hear the word, which means this is your moment to define fruitfulness. This is your moment to win. I can't win it for you, but you can win it because I know what's in you. I know what's been preached to you. I know what's made a, been made a demand on you. If you are a Kingdom Institute or School of Life student or you've graduated, stand to your feet. We should take the city with this group of people. Twelve disciples. One went AWOL, killed himself, and they replaced him with another guy, and that was enough to mess the world up. You're not going to sit around the word and not have to deal with things and to do something. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to show yourself a conqueror. And it's in you because God's in you. It's our time to rise. Be something significant. Not only this service, but every service. Now, if that doesn't mean the rest of you hadn't been here, sit down. How many of you have been here at least four years? Not you that stood up. Obviously, I've gotten you take care of If I'm talking about the others. You've been here at least four years. Oh, it's time to rise. Stand up. It's time to rise. Doesn't matter whether or not you've gone through our school. You've been here at least four years. You know what you've heard? You know what kind of words you've been preached? You know what kind of move of the spirit you've been in? Trials are coming. Trials do come. This is your time to stand and rise. I can't stop it from coming. I can't get an intercessory closet and say, oh, Lord Jesus, stop the trial from coming. Stop the conflict from coming. I'd be praying against Scripture. Jesus ain't listening to that prayer. Oh, Lord, help Amanda. Help Amanda. Lord, she's been here for, help her, Lord. Don't let her get in that conflict. Lord, please help her. Nope. Jesus didn't pray that for Peter. Jesus straight up said, Peter, the devil has demanded to sift you like wheat. Bro, you fix to go through a conflict. And guess what? You're going to actually blow it. But I'm praying for you that once you repent of blowing it, you're going to restore your brothers and you're going to do something great after that. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't quit. He didn't say, Lord, don't let the, Father, don't let the devil get Peter. Don't let the devil get Peter. No, he knew. Guess what? I'm fixing to bring something to put in Peter that the devil will never be able to take him out again. Never be able to get his mouth again. Because he's going to get God in him. Then the power of God's going to come upon him. And never again do we have a testimony where Peter's mouth went to the devil. Woo, hallelujah. So let's look at this prophecy. I'll dissect it and we'll close. Go ahead. Hallelujah. For the fire of the Holy Spirit is being poured out in this very moment. And it is a fire that will burn and be contagious and it will begin to flow like a mighty flame. And that fire will begin to burn out of you the chaff of the world. It will begin to purge you and cleanse you and cause you to be refined even as gold is refined by the fires of God and made perfect and pure. So allow the fire of the Spirit of God to begin to flow through you. 
and I've called you to come and hear, for I am placing a fresh anointing of fire and passion upon these that stand before you. And they shall be the flame, and their flame shall flow from you and to others until it flows out of this church into the city, and it shall flow around the region, and it will begin to flow to the cities and the places that they're even close to this region, and it will flow across this nation. For I have called this church to rise up in the fire and the glory of God, and to be a light shining into the world, to receive the fire, receive the anointing, receive the glory, receive the fresh fire of the Holy Spirit flowing in you, and it will begin to burn a passion and a purpose in you, that when you rise up, it'll not just be you, it'll be the power of the Holy Ghost flowing through you. When you speak, it'll not just be you speaking, but it'll be the fire of God flowing through your words, and your words will go forth, and it'll burn in the hearts of the people, and I do not want your Jesus will say, say to me again his name, for something happened in my heart when you spoke to me of the Lord, and it'll be the fire of the Holy Ghost flowing out of you, burning into their hearts and bringing them to the Lord. So this morning, lift your voices and begin to praise him and drink into the anointing and be filled with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Pastor Darrell said, for the fire of the Holy Spirit is being poured out this very moment. Wow. And it's a fire that will burn and be contagious. I want to look at that word contagious for a moment. The word contagious means that you're going to catch it. The thing about the Holy Ghost is that he shows up without your permission. The question is how you respond to him will determine how much further he goes. How do I know that? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. No man goes to God unless the Spirit draw them. Where without excuse, the whole world is, which tells me this, the Holy Ghost will, will talk to every person that's ever been created at some point without their permission. Because man don't go after God, but God will go after them. And the Holy Ghost will show up. And notice the first thing the Holy Ghost does according to what Jesus said in John, is that the Holy Ghost would begin to talk to them about who Jesus was and concerning judgment. In essence, the Holy Ghost has to talk to those that are outside fellowship with Jesus, that they are outside and that their nature is corrupt and wrong. The fire of the Holy Ghost will first show up and begin to say, we're going to have to get rid of some stuff. The first thing we have to get rid of is you, this nature, who you are on the inside. We got to burn it up, get it out. Got to move it out of this vessel. That's why the Bible tells us when, we've, when we call on the name of the Lord and are saved, we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Not a remodel, but a brand new species of being. It's then and only then that we can have communion with God now. And from there, the Spirit of God will begin to train us and teach us the things of the kingdom and will begin to burn off worldly things. He says this, it's contagious, which tells me this. If, if anyone, I don't care whether you come every service or whether you show up at Easter, but you walk around town and say, oh yeah, I go to Anchor Faith Church, then the fire of the Holy Ghost has come to your house. It's come to your house. It's contagious. You've been caught. You've caught it. The question is, what are you going to do with it now? 
because he's here. It says, and it will begin to flow like a mighty flame and that flame will begin to burn out of you. Notice the first thing it wants to do is burn out of you the chaff of the world. And we'll begin to purge you and cleanse you and cause you to be refined as gold is refined by the fires of God and made perfect and pure. So the fire of the Holy Spirit to begin. Um, so allow, there's that word allow. Guess what? It's there. He's touching you. The question is, will you allow him to do his finished work? This is the problem. It's because a lot of times that fire is there for one purpose. It's to get rid of stinking thinking. It's to get rid of character issues. It's to get rid of things that are jacked up in your mind. It's to get there to change the way you're, you act and respond to your job, to your family, to your spouse, to all kinds, to your church. That's what it's there for. It's there to burn some things off you. And fire does not feel pleasant. It feels good at a distance. And everybody likes to be warmed by it. But God says, this ain't a warming. This is a burning off. And a burn's different than being warmed. See, that's the problem with the church. Everybody wants to get around and get around where the Holy Ghost so they can feel a little warm. But God's not about warming you. God's about burning things out of you so that he can work through you. This is the key. Everybody wants some move of God. Everybody wants miracle signs and wonders. Everybody wants the presence of God to flow. Well, the presence of God is not coming into a temple full of a bunch of sin and worldly thinking. It's just not happening. He'll come in to say, I'll show up if you allow me to get this out of you. I'll do more if you allow me to get this out of you. I'll, I'll operate bigger if you let me cleanse you, purify you. I don't care how, what my wife does to me. I'm required by God to love her like Christ loved the church. Yeah, I know you heard me say, we are not getting birds. I know that. And I didn't want them. But I heard God say to me, are you Jesus? He said, I love to give gifts to my children. What's the problem? Fine. If it makes her happy, she going to care for him, doesn't matter. So you have changed your thinking. Yeah, can I have the final say in the house? Sure. Could we have never had them? Sure. But this is just one example of I prefer her. I love her. I lay down my life for her. And if you're getting a couple birds, that has an egg now. I mean, we really don't know how many eggs, to be honest with you, because we can't see inside the nest. So we got free birds later on. You see what I'm saying? Just simple things like that demonstrate the love of God. Because you got to let this thing purge you. So you got to allow. And I'm telling you, I see with the eyes of the Spirit a lot of you, because I've been around you a lot. And I see the fire of the Holy Ghost trying to penetrate you, and you're not allowing you're not allowing. I said, you're not allowing. You've got to allow it. It's amazing. We do Kingdom Institute here. In fact, we've got a whole new class coming in. And I've taught with some of my instructors before. And it's funny how students will want to come and try to train us, the instructors. Well, if you heard God say to come to it, then maybe you need to be instructed. 
I'm not saying you might not have a truth that we could say, wow, that's a real good truth. But ultimately, if God's called you to come to the school, then there must be something that's within us that needs to be deposited in you. And here's the thing. Once we obtain to some knowledge of God, we don't want God working on us anymore. But I want to go from faith to faith, glory to glory. We can't even get to the glory part yet because God is going to continue to refine us, continue to refine us, continue to refine us. I get in seasons of great fruit only to get pruned so I can bear more fruit. Doesn't matter how long I've been here, I'm going to have pruning seasons all the time. And pruning seasons hurt. But it's for what purpose? So the fire of the Holy Ghost can continue to do what? Change me. And if I will allow the fire of the Holy Spirit to begin this, he will flow what? What will he do? Flow through you. He said, and I've called you to come and hear for uh, I am placing a fresh anointing of fire and passion upon these that stand before you. It started with Pastor Marcy and I. If you were in that service, he actually directly laid hands on us. Which is why we can't pull back. We can't stop. We got to continue to press. We got to call sin, sin and wrong, wrong. We got to uh, be led by the Spirit. Amen. That means we'll get in conversations. And I don't care how long I've known you as a person, Ernie. If you don't continue to grow in God, then you know what? We're not going to stay together. Because if you don't continue to grow, you move yourself. And your life has to be in alignment with the Word. Period. And the Holy Ghost will do that. See, for some of you, you were here and you got challenges in your life that God never dealt with until this season. Now it's time to change it. Matthew and I, we've had a great little fun time about this anger he used to have. You know, I mean, he could blow up at a moment. I said, I'm a, we're going to have to dismantle that button. I had to dismantle it. Because you know what? If you keep having this problem and just it cycle some, but it, it's gone. But then one of the biggest challenges we ever had in our life came by a demonic spirit. Didn't know what was going on. Conflict in our relationship. I've been with him for years. Before he even came to the church, I knew him. Conflict. Questioning. I mean, all kind of stuff. Come to find out, because I knew my battle was not with him. He knew his battle wasn't with me, but yet we just couldn't shake it. So we got together in a meeting. It's tense. That's okay, because the Holy Ghost and I'm listening, and he's listening, and it's like a brick wall. And then realize something rose up in me called the Holy Ghost and spoke to me. And I said, Matthew, how old are you? 37, right? He said, 37. I said, how old was your dad when he left the church? He said, 37. I said, how old were your brothers? Or you and your brother at that time? Same age as Garrett and Nicholas. See, Matthew's not pastoring a church like his dad it was, but his dad got offended with the system of the church he was in. And the Spirit came and pulled him out. He's still not in today. And that same Spirit came to Matthew in the same year and began to try to get him at odds against the authority of Anchor Faith Church for one purpose, to kill seed. 
And when he saw that, the Spirit of God, he was like, wow. And we were like, wow, because we knew. It, it ain't about us. It's about what's happening. What are we seeing? What are we missing? And if it would not been for the Holy Ghost that day, I can't tell you Matthew would be here today. But the Holy Ghost showed that, and he broke that. He had to say, he had to resist now every thought. He had to realize where its influence came from. I couldn't take any of the thoughts that I had gotten from him at all. And we walked in the unity of love as a result of it. Amen. Going to the next place. I said, going to the next place. So he says this, that it'll flow from us to you and it'll flow into uh, others until it flows out of this church into the city. It'll flow around. Notice flowing, it's leaving us, it's getting through us. Region, it begin to flow to cities, coastal regions. It'll flow across the nation for he's called this church to rise up in the fire and the glory of, the, of God to be a light shining into the world. So we have to rise up. So you have to receive the fire, receive the anointing, which receives the glory, which receives the ability for the Spirit to flow in you, and it will begin to burn a passion. Because God's just trying to perfect that which He has concerning you. So I know in this place right now that many of you are in conflict. Many of you. But it's only because the Holy Spirit is saying, I need to deal with this once and for all. And you're going to have to change. We're not talking Esau. Esau comes down to the altar, cries, snots, but he ain't changed. He's trying to get self-preservation. And God hates Esau. In essence, he hates that person. Hates. That's the word God uses. Wait, God's love. God is love, but love can hate. Hates that type of individual that would show up at an altar crying so that they hate it because they're caught, but they really don't want to change. That's why John the Baptist said to the Pharisees, live a lifestyle in keeping with repentance. Now, if you're different, then live it different. Because there ain't no candy coating with God. God knows where you're at. And I'm telling you, the fire of God wants to purge that on off. It's kind of like getting in water, man. Just dive in. Just dive in. Let him burn it off. And then leave it at the altar once and for all. Leave it out of your life. Know that I will get the word that's in me necessary to never have this issue again and be different finally once and for all. Because guess what? Another season will come. There'll be more tweaking along the way. Some seasons are a little rougher than others because there's a lot of junk, <laughs> right? I mean, you keep piling out. I, I remember they used to take the youth out and do a bonfire, and they'd be collecting that stuff for months, and that stuff be so dry, and minute they hit it with gas, boom, the whole fire department show up. That's a big fire. But later on, if you don't allow that to accumulate in your life, then when the fire comes, there's only a little bit of things to burn up that maintain so that God can flow through you. Flow through you. So it says when you rise up, that's a conditional statement. It's when you. Because if you don't today, then you don't. 
When you rise up, it will be just, uh, it will not just be you, but the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants to get to the place where you're so pure that no matter where you go, God is working through you and those that are around you before that could not listen to you because you were tainted water. What does that mean? Your spirit's pure, but by the time the spirit gets through your mind, it's cloudy. Cause you cuss like they cuss. You drink like they drink. You get mad like they get mad. You respond like they respond. You gossip like they gossip. So now this Jesus in you is clouded and they don't want what you have. But when you allow it to burn off and you allow the nature of God to always be your response, then they'll start saying, speak to me again the name because something's different. When you hate authority like they hate authority, it's clouded. Well, Jesus is the only authority in my life. Oh, well, then you don't know about the church. Are you with me? A lot of times we can't get people to church because you've clouded their ability to come. But God to burn these things off so that real glory can manifest for the first time. Now, I know we have prayer at 10, but the reason why we do two services with prayer in the middle is for this reason right here. Because I refuse to stay on a clock and not let the Holy Ghost do something. Are you with me? So Pastor Marcus and the team is going to sing a song. And while he's singing this, if you can say honestly, I mean, God knows, okay? You're not kidding anybody but yourself. God knows. If you're like, man, it hurts to come to church, then you ought to consider that a privilege. Because at this moment, God is wanting to do a work. He's trusting that this thing that I've been talking to you about, I can deal with it once and for all. I can remove it. I can get it out. I can change it. That mindset, I can change that. That attitude, I can change. That hurt, I can get rid of that. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost. Some, chill, some teenagers in here are mad at their parents, upset at certain things. You got to let that go. You got to get your own personal relationship with Jesus in the first place. You got to have your own walk with God anyway. He'll deal with you on that. It's your time to rise. So as they begin to sing this song, if you know, man, I, I just feel, I felt uncomfortable. You know, I've just felt uncomfortable. I can't even explain it. It's God trying to burn the chaff of the world out of you. Some parents, you need to start parenting. Because your children are bullying you into doing what they want you to do. It's time to rise. <clears throat> and you won't parent because you're afraid they'll run. They're running now. <clears throat> you got to establish the strong tower so that in their failure they can come home to righteousness and godliness. It's time to rise. It's time to rise.